Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Jordan brings us a sermon called The Humor of Hope. It looks at how we often get stuck in our seriousness at church. Does God have a sense of humor and how can hope come from it? The sermon comes from Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. Well, thank you for uh, warming up the crowd for me with that. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about the humor of hope today. We've, we have a theme all year about the people of hope. And I kind of thought about talking about this because sometimes we kind of get a little too serious about ourselves, especially in church. And I want to make an argument that maybe we should be a little bit more light about those things. But I'm also glad that uh, I saw EJ is here in person because he has the best laugh. And if he laughs, that means you're all going to laugh. All right? So, of course, starting with talk about humor, I want to start with some jokes. So this is Pastor Jordan's stand-up hour. Are you guys ready? So, why did the restaurant hire the pig? He was good at bacon. (laughs) This is not going to go well. All right. (laughs) What has more lives than a cat? A frog, because it croaks every night. We're getting there, all right. A friend of mine went bald years ago, but he he still carries around an old comb. He just can't seem to part with it. (laughs) Getting more groans and laughs, all right. So, do you know why I'm afraid for the calendar? Its days are numbered. Uh, This is more fun for me than you, it seems like. All right. (laughs) Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. All right, now that I warmed you up, okay. (laughs) You are done sitting through that. So, uh, humor, I think, is a necessity for humans. It can play so many different roles for us. It can unite us, it can give us an outlet, it can uh, give us a much needed break from the world, it can reduce our stress, you know, studies have shown it actually helps improve our health if we laugh consistently every day. And we love to laugh. So why don't we do it at church? Why don't we do it often in church? Because I think we have been taught oftentimes that this place, this room in particular, is a place of reverence, that it is a serious place. It is the dwelling place of God. And humor can be tricky. It could be tricky in the way that I bet any of us can tell of a bad experience we had with a comedian or a comedy movie or certain types of jokes that did not sit well with us. EJ, I was counting on you. So so then, uh, for what's funny for one person may not be funny for another. 
what was once funny maybe is socially unacceptable now. Have you ever watched a movie or a show that you thought at one point was really funny and you go back to it and you hear a joke and you're like, that hits differently now. Things change over time, humor changes. So, it, so then it seems tricky and so maybe we just avoid it all together in church because of these reasons. But I want to make the argument today that God loves humor, that God uses humor throughout Scripture, that there's different types of humor portrayed in Scripture, and in which ways that humor can help us grow deeper in our spiritual growth. So we're going to talk about three different types of humor you can find in Scripture, in the stories in Scripture. And the first one is the humor of the unforeseen. All right, the humor of unforeseen. And I'll give a little clip here to kind of show you what I'm talking about. I'd like one ticket to Chicago. No baggage. Smoking or non-smoking? Smoking, please. Yeah. Have a nice trip. So the unforeseen part of that is they ask for smoking or non-smoking areas on the plane. That used to be a thing for people that are younger in here. And the uh, thing that makes it funny. And in our scripture for today, which let's all give a hand for Nick. He did a really good job of reading that, the, showing the the humor of the story that uh, Sarah is listening in on uh, this angel telling Abraham about them having a kid, having a baby, and they're both in their 90s. And this has been a constant battle their whole lives. They've been uh, trying to have children, never have been able. Now, in their old age, they're being told that they're going to have a baby. They are laughing because the angel who told them believes this to be true. He's dead serious about this, and the angel, and the angel wants them to believe that it is also true. This is completely absurd and unforeseen. How many of you would just, there would be no other, there'd be no other response besides laughing if you got this news? Could God really bless them with a child at this point? From this story alone, you cannot tell me that God doesn't have a sense of humor. It's the humor of the unforeseen, the zag when you expect it to zig, the sharp turn that you didn't see coming. And I think the gospel is steeped in this type of humor. We're going to celebrate Christmas here soon and the birth of Jesus. Everything about that story is the unforeseen humor. That the God of the universe is going to come in this vulnerable baby form and then is born in a barn amongst animals. This all-powerful creator, the unforeseen. The victory of Jesus on the cross is the unforeseen humor because we think of victory in ways of that we have to um, take over our opponents, our enemies, that we have to dominate them, but the cross is showing a different way that we actually win by being humble and obedient and loving and caring, self-sacrificing. Throughout the Bible, God is doing the impossible with impossible people. Moses, Noah, we could go on with a list of people. 
that God is doing the unforeseen. The Good Samaritan story, that the Samaritan is the person who does good in that story when, when the people at the time were thinking that the Levite or the priest were supposed to be the ones to take care of the man who was robbed. The prodigal son story is also another one, where the son comes home and the father accepts him back with open arms. And then even the story of creation is all about a God who cares for us, who creates out of order, when at the time the story of creation often was about how creation was born out of war between different gods and we were just the leftovers of those wars. Frederick Beekner says that the tragic is inevitable. The comic is the unforeseeable. How can Donald Duck foresee that after being run over by a steamroller, he'll pick himself up on the other side as flat as a pancake for a few seconds, but alive and squawking? The tragedy of life is inevitable, but comedy and the humor is the unforeseenable. The humor of God is to subvert your expectations. Everything that God has done in scripture, we read it now with with eyes of like, this is what God says. We've learned these stories throughout life. But at the time when these stories were told, they are all about subverting expectations of the people hearing it. God sets it up so that you think God's going to work in one way, and then God goes a different way. The next one. The humor of the inside joke. Hey, why don't we get busy and deliver the briefcase to Mary? If I know her as well as I think I do, she'll invite us right in for tea and strumpets. Good plan. Where's she live? I don't know. What's her last name? I'll look it up. Ah, uh, you know, I don't really recall. It starts with an S. So swim, swami. Slippy, slappy, slimmin, salmon, simmon, swanson, swanson? Maybe send the briefcase. Look on the. Oh, yeah! It's right here. Samsonite. I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. So, what we mean by this is that there's humor that requires some sort of inside knowledge. When I first saw this movie as a kid, I didn't get the joke, right? Because I didn't know what Samsonite was. Samsonite is a type of luggage, for all those that are maybe wondering. So you have to have that knowledge in your head in order to get that joke. If you didn't know that Samsonite was the brand of luggage, it would fall flat, much like it did for me as a kid. Jesus was quite the comedian in this way, in his world, with his parables. We often read the words of Jesus as these soaring, inspiring, divine words, divine messages, but that's because we're not in on the joke. We're not in the the Middle Eastern culture that Jesus was steeped into, not with our 21st century and Western eyes. There are so many moments that Jesus is using the inside humor to hit his audience with this unforeseen uh, humor of of the unforeseen. So first, I mentioned the prodigal son. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is in Luke 15. His audience that he was giving this story to would strongly 
connect with the older son in this story, the one that stayed with the father, that, that took care of everything, that did his duty, did what he was supposed to do. The idea of a strong loyalty to family was the thing that was most often rewarded. But yet, here is a son that didn't do that. This son went off and squandered his inheritance, left his family, let, uh, let them take care of everything. He went off on his own. And then he comes back, but was still rewarded with a dinner, welcoming him back. And without even a moment from the father saying, well, did you learn your lesson? There was just love and acceptance that the son was back. And so the inside, inside track, the inside joke here, the information that the, the audience knew then was the older son was them, and they were always judging this other son. But God was showing the heart that God has for the, the prodigal son. Another example, the Good Samaritan story in Luke 10. The priests and Levite were the ones expected to do good, right? That this man was, was robbed, left for dead on the side of the road. A priest and a Levite come by, but they walk over him, and mostly because they're following their own uh, laws to be good and clean, to not touch the unclean. The audience knew this, and to tell the story that someone who has never heard it or grown up in church, they may not catch that the inside track of this, the story that makes the part of it that makes it much more powerful. The fact that the Samaritan stopped to help the person who was robbed. Because the Samaritans, for the audience that Jesus was talking to, were kind of their enemies, the people they just didn't like, they didn't get along with. And so Jesus was showing that even your enemies can do good. Even your enemies are people that can help others in this world. And then in the parable of the tenants in Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story of a man who trusted his servants with his property while he goes off on a journey and he gives them talents. One received five, another two, another one. The other two doubled their talents. Well, the one buried it in the ground. The person who got one thought, I only have one. I can't risk it. I'm going to bury it and save it until the, ma the, the master comes back. So then the master rewarded those who multiplied, and the one who buried his talent was sent away in the darkness. And what the inside information here for people was that people related to the person who took the one talent and buried it to save it, that you weren't risking anything. You, the, the value was that you were safe, that you saved, and you, that's how you did it. And Jesus was showing, actually, for those that risk it, those that risk love, that, that risk their faith, that go and help others, that is the thing that God's looking for. So Jesus subverts once again and tells them those who will go in all or nothing are rewarded than those who play it safe. And this is another piece that, that helps us understand this more. You have to have those pieces of information to understand kind of the humor that Jesus is bringing to this. He's, he's doing that unforeseen part of the story. And it's calling people out. So humor in itself can uh, call us to recognize and confront our own absurdity. 
the things that we take serious, the things that we think are important. Humor can point out the absurdity of all those things and how it doesn't always have the same place in the kingdom of God. So with the prodigal son, it's the whole thing of thinking that we have to prove ourselves to God, that we have to show some kind of loyalty and long service to God in order for God to accept and love us. The Good Samaritan story shows us that our hate towards our enemies could actually make us into the bad guy. And the, ta- the parable of the talents confronts that our faith is useless if you don't act on it, if you just sit there thinking you are righteous for believing the right things. Many of these pieces of subversive humor confronts Jesus' audience, and you bet that some of them found it offensive. Because humor and comedy can be offensive in that way. When it reveals the absurdity of your life, your beliefs, the things you hold to be important, it strikes a nerve. One that reminds them the absurdity, absurdity of their own life. So if there is humor or comedy that offends you, maybe it, is com- con- <laughs> maybe it is confronting something inside of you of the absurdity of the way we live. The next one is the humor of hope. The title, Queer Suicide, there's the double meaning there for sure. One, the show does talk about suicide and mental health, and, and that's a, you know, a well-known phrase that incorporates that. It's also the type of thing of, like, if you dedicate this many years of your career to talking about suicide, that is also inherently kind of career suicide. So luckily it's worked out, and I get to do this. My experience talking about this stuff is very unexpected. Someone reached out for help, and I tried to offer up the help. In the early days, there'd always be, like, one or two people would wait for me after the show and be like, I deal with that stuff or my brother I watched them growing up deal with like depression or or I've always felt crazy and and, like keep going you're speaking to me so it's very eye-opening unfortunately for me with my anxiety mixed with my slight OCD if a cabinet door is open and it doesn't have to be that feels to me like the entire world is falling apart (laughs) so Chris Gethard had a one-person show a comedy show and he's confronting and uh, showing the unforeseen things about mental health. And he was talking about in that clip where, as he's done this, he's had people connect with him, that they're appreciative of the fact that he's talking about, that they have family members who have gone through it. It connects them together. That this humor, this humor combines all of these things we've talked about today into one. That it, it connects the unexpected, and confronting the absurdity, and all for the sake of connection. Universal, it connects us with our own experiences together. It can drop the armor and immediately give us permission to be vulnerable and laugh because you experience that too. That's what he provided in his special for those who experience mental health issues or depression, that this is something they connect with, their own experience. He's letting them know that they are not alone. This comedy and this humor at its best connects us together. In a show, movie, book, or a comedian, we expect characters to have serious problems, right? Otherwise, there may not be a story to be told. Serious problems like we have serious problems. 
So when we see the comedy within the same struggles that we have, it connects us. It makes us a little more gentle towards one another. It gives you a little window into the life and experiences of others. David Black wrote a book called Everyday Apocalypse where he talks about different pop culture things and and how that relates to uh, scripture and the different themes he finds in it. And he says this about humor. He said, "We we become more humane when we see our less admirable qualities reflected in others and note the mutuality. This law of lightheartedness when carried into the everyday has the power to cure many of our interpersonal quandaries. Humor can disarm us. It can help us enter into a new space, a space of no prejudice with one another, to to drop our expectations of one another because those expectations can be subverted. In this space, when we have no prejudice, we can connect with our brothers and sisters more than ever. And that gives me hope. I think humor, that's the humor of hope that we can connect with one another, that that these things that we expect in the world can often be subverted. Unforeseen is the unforeseen and absurdity that God loves us and accepts us no matter what we have done. That our hate for others doesn't make us better than them. That giving freely and daringly gives us full life rather than withholding it. And despite our expectations and cynicism, God is doing the miraculously unexpected in our midst. That is the humor of hope. So friends, as you go out this week, as you find the ways in which humor is in your own life, I know Thanksgiving and and a break where we often get together with family, there's lots of laughter going on. There's also tensions. There's also laughter at the absurdity of some of our family members, the things that they bring to the table, right? So may you find the humor in your life this week. May you use that time to help it connect you to others, to connect you to your friends, to your family. That's the humor of hope. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.